Three Times Lucky by Sheila Turnage. Chapter 9. The Cousin Information Network. Humidity rolled off our slow Blackwater Creek as Dale and I pedaled past the Piggly Wiggly just a few hours later and dropped our bikes on Skeeter McMillan's lawn. I smoothed my hair, which had gone feral in the heat, and tapped on the open door. Morning, Skeeter, I said. Hey, she said, looking up from her law book. Skeeter opened her pre-law office here in the storage room of her mama's hair salon last summer. It's nice, except for the smell of hairspray. I've been expecting you, she said, nodding to two lawn chairs. Let me start by assuring you anything you say here is confidential. Actually, I thought, I'm counting on it. Dale and me would like to retain your services, I said as we sat down. As if on cue, a thin, dark-haired girl appeared at the door. I believe you know my partner and accountant-in-waiting, Sally Amanda Jones, Skeeter said. Hey, Salamander, you've grown, Dale said, and Sal blushed. Sal, the smartest kid in our class, is shaped like a tube of lipstick. She wears strategic ruffles and curls her short brown hair to create the illusion of shape. She also possesses a calculator brain and a love for Dale that will go epic if he ever notices. In addition to standard services, Skeeter said, we offer unlimited access to the Cousin Information Network. I nodded. Between them, Skeeter and Sal are related to half the county, maybe the entire state. Sal hopped onto the edge of the desk and smoothed her skirt. Let's talk turkey, she said very professional. Cash or trade? Dale sat up straight. Trade. I got an heirloom lava lamp circa 1984. She wrinkled her nose and shook her head, her tight curls glinting. Plus an Elvis nightlight, I offered. She shuddered. Dale shifted and peered into her eyes. He'd borrowed my Carolina blue t-shirt, which made his eyes blue as a July sky. An original metal model of Dale Earnhardt Sr.'s first car race, he said, worth $70 easy. She knocked the stapler to the floor. Deal, she breathed. Excellent. I ripped a page from my notebook. We need background on these persons of interest. Selma and Albert Foster of Kinston, friends of Mr. Jesse's. My cousin reads meters in Kinston, Skeeter said, taking the paper. I'll see what we can do. And to fill us in on the case? We're totally confidential? They both nodded. Okay. Dale is the boy Anna Celeste saw the day of the murder. He'd borrowed Mr. Jesse's boat and was returning it for the reward money. Dale, you got anything to add? I didn't know you were going to confess me, he gasped. I'm innocent, he added, looking from Sal to Skeeter. I didn't kill Mr. Jesse. We believe you, Sal said. Skeeter hid a smile. Mo. You all haven't told me anything I hadn't figured out. Exactly, I told her. Dale and me want this kept confidential until we clear Dale's name, which should be soon. We've gone professional. Detectives, Dale said modestly, handing Sal's card. She read the hand-lettered car aloud. Desperado detectives. Murders solved cheap. Lost pets found for free. Dale, chief of lost pets. Impressive, she said. He smiled. I'd like to have that back when you're through with it, he said. We just opened this morning, and I only had time to make one card. Sal handed it back. Then she tapped her knuckle against her chin, the way she does when confronted with diabolical level math. What about Anna Celeste? What about her? Dale asked. She knows. My stomach dropped like I was on a Ferris wheel. She called me last night about her party, she explained, ruffling a ruff- fluffing a ruffle. She looked at Dale. Are you going? I am. Dale's eyes had glazed over. Party? What party? He replied. And what do you mean, Anna knows? Is she turning me in? I don't think so. She didn't say. Actually, I think the fact that it was you she saw kind of slipped out. Sal was right. Attila wouldn't give away that information for the same reason a trained assassin wouldn't give away bullets. 
Dale closed his eyes. I knew he was picturing himself in an orange jumpsuit and trying not to cry. Sal, I said, could you call her back? Maybe ask her to keep this quiet until... No, I don't ask Anna Celeste for things. Her parents either. Family rule, she said. Sal is what's known as a poor relation of Anna's, meaning she gets invited to Attila's parties, but not to riding lessons. Sal's daddy stocks shelves at the Piggly Wiggly, and her mother stays home with Sal's little brother, a confirmed biter. They ain't money, but somehow Sal still manages to dress like a fashion plate out of J.C. Penney. Thanks for the heads up, I told her. I tugged Dale to his feet. Don't worry, Desperado, I told him. We'll think of something. Sal, Skeeter, we'll be in touch. Right now, we got to get to the cafe before the breakfast rush sucks Miss Lana under. The breakfast rush had just begun to fade when we finally taped our sign near the cash register. Desperado detectives, murders solved cheap, lost pets found for free. You're doing great, I whispered to Dale. Just act calm and look innocent and stay away from Attila and Joe Starr. As he headed for the kitchen, Grandmother Miss Lacey Thornton bustled in, lugging a funeral wreath. She took a seat at the counter, swinging the wreath onto the stool beside her. Good morning, dear, she said. I hear Lana's home. I'm glad. Yes, ma'am, I said. She's whipped up a pancake special. Nice wreath, I added, sliding a glass of water across the counter. Is it for Mr. Jesse? Gracious, no, she said. It's for me. I'm driving over to Tarboro today to visit my burial site. I'm prepaid, you know. Congratulations, I told her. You like some bacon with your pancakes? No, thank you, she said, straightening the wreath's bow. Care to come along? It's a lovely cemetery. We could make a day of it. Normally, I'd say yes, but I've got detective work to do, I said. She glanced at her sign. Lovely, she said. May I launch a bottle for you, then? The cemetery practically overlooks the Tar River. I reached under the counter and selected a vinegar bottle with my standard upstream mother message inside. Thanks, I said, and if you think of any murder clues, keep us in mind. There may be a reward involved. She tucked the bottle in her bag. You'll be the first to know, dear. Thess bellied up to the counter with his father, Reverend Thompson. Have you seen the weather? We got a storm forming in the tropics. Attila breezed in and Dale ducked behind the counter. There's always a storm forming in the tropics. Attila snipped as she claimed a window table. I'll have two poached eggs and a diet soda, Mo, and I'm in a hurry. I'm picking out my party decorations today. She flounced her hair and sat down, my anti-invitation hanging in the air like ode to skunk. Be nice, Dale hissed from somewhere near my feet. I squinted at her, trying to cripple her with my karate death chi. She smiled and put her napkin in her lap. I sighed. Coming up, Anna, I said. Miss Lana came to the kitchen door moments later. Friend, she said, Mo and I are hosting a memorial service for Jesse Tatum here at the cafe. Sunday afternoon, you're all invited. Please help spread the word. Attila looked up from her soda. A funeral? Here? Reverend Thompson tugged his napkin from his collar. Lana, a service for Jesse is a wonderful idea. This is a great venue, but I wish you'd consider having it at Creekside Church. We have a large sanctuary, and I'm sure Rose would pay, play for the service. Miss Rose is Creekside's pianist. Sometimes Dale solos while she plays. It would mean a lot to me, Reverend Thompson added. I looked around the cafe into a sea of baffled faces. Mr. Jesse had never set foot in Creekside Church, as far as I knew. But Miss Lana's go with the flow kicked into overdrive. Wonderful, she said. Shall we say Sunday at 2 p.m.? Perfect, Reverend Thompson said, and Miss Lana returned to her griddle. To my surprise, the breakfast crowd headed out early. To my horror, Attila stuck me with her check. 
On the back, she'd scribble a message. Thanks for breakfast, Mo Ron. Say hi to Dale for me. As Dale and I finally sat down to eat around 9.30, Thess started back in. I didn't want to mention it with Daddy here, but Spitz is missing. The case is yours. Your cat? Again? Dale said. Spitz runs away every time the wind changes. He's a repeat offender, Thess. We ain't looking for him. You advertise, he said, pointing to our sign. That's like giving your word. I sighed and opened my order pad. We'll need an official description. Cat, Thess said. Born chair, green eyes, chunky body. Spitz, I wrote. Looks like Thess. Last known whereabouts? The churchyard, he said. Yesterday, about the same time Mr. Jesse turned up dead. He swallowed hard. You don't think... Nobody's thinking serial killer, Dale said, his blue eyes serious. Not yet. Reverend Thompson honked his horn and thus bolted. We need to hurry, too, I told Dale. We got to get to the crime scene. Us? He said. The crime scene? Of course, I said, ignoring the syrup on his chin. We're professionals. Okay, but I better check in with Mama first, he said. He folded his last pancake into his mouth. One thing about Miss Rose, she likes to keep track of her baby.